Hey guys, this is uh, well Warrior Within, and uh, doing uh, real talk with you guys in my car while I'm waiting for my wife going to another appointment. And uh, I've been really thinking about a lot about just my life and just things and how they've come together. And you know, when God called me to go into ministry, I was kind of thinking it was going to be a typical journey, if you know what I mean. You know, go to school, get education, get picked up by a church, become a youth pastor, do youth pastoring for a time, and then eventually become the assistant pastor of that church or another church, and then eventually I would be able to be senior pastor at some point. Though in the beginning, I, I never really had the desire to be a senior pastor, but that, that interest has become higher and bigger as I experienced throughout my time what it's like to be a part of churches. So one of the cool things that I'm going to share with you right now is that I have had a couple people come in my life and it's been crazy since Christmas that want to invest in my church. Um, One, one group of people actually are helping me pay for my, well, basically, let me start over. I am going to be, or I have started with Start Church, which is a company that helps people start their churches. So they help them get through the process of getting their uh, 501c3 to um, getting their license with the state to be considered a nonprofit, as well as your name. And then they're going to help me through uh, creating my bylaws and my policies. And no, that's really exciting. And it's going to take time. And it's going to be well, however long it's going to be, it's going to take time. So I'm excited about that because that's all paid for and I don't have to worry about it. And then I have another person who wants to donate from a foundation $70,000 a year towards the church, which is another blessing. You see, that will allow me to be able to not have to go find a full-time job, and I could spend my time building up the church. My idea is to probably start it online first before I actually physically want to set a plan for a physical church. And my wife and I already have a city we want to do it at. Um, I will share that later on once it's more real, I guess you could say. Now, as for the name, I did have one name, but... I think God's trying to say something. I'm trying to find out. I'm praying about it. And I do have an idea of a name and a purpose behind it. And then the only thing now left is just my wife working on taking care of her health a bit before we get thrown into this new journey. But I wanted to share with you guys because that's an exciting move. That's that's something that we've been praying about. Um, I felt God calling me to do it back in June or July, where I really prayed about it. We were trying to use another company, but that absolutely fell through because they didn't help me at all to get me on track. But the cool part is that God kept telling me that when he, when it's going to happen, it's going to be because he made it come together and happen and I didn't understand what that really meant this is kind of the whole point about this real talk one of the things that I've learned 
about God in my life is that a lot of times we spend a lot of time trying to figure them out. We spend a lot of time trying to see the big picture, trying to understand what God is trying to do in our lives. And I often think about how David, who was promised at like basically age 14 to be king of Israel. I mean, can you imagine being 14 and being told that you're going to be king and you're even anointed? But then 14 turns to 15, to 16, to 18. Now he's a young man and he's serving in the king's courts. The king tries to kill him several times. He, uh, beforehand, it was, it was able to kill Goliath as a young person. And then time goes, and he suddenly, people are noticing him, and, and what does Saul do? Basically, vows to kill him. And then David spends the next, I believe it's like, what, 14 years running from Saul? 12 years? Can't remember. Don't have my Bible out right now. But, uh, yeah, and you, you remember, he's, he was promised to be king. He was told he was going to be king. And I think that's the one thing that we struggle with because when God steers us or guides us, we expect the answer to be right away. <clears throat> you know, the Lord gave me verses throughout my life, certain points in my life for, I guess you could say, for, for certain purposes of growth. And one of the things was that in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he mentioned that you have to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all that ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And I often thought about those verses over and over again. And trusting him sometimes I think we battle with what what that really means. What what does faith really mean? Trusting in God for everything and allowing him to basically lead us and guide us you know a lot of times we we try to we want to figure out everything we want to figure out the answers we want to figure out what he's trying to do but that also kind of dismisses the idea of trusting instead of trusting we end up doubting because when it doesn't happen when we want it to happen that's when we start questioning him you see, one of our battles that we deal with, especially as men, is we want to keep control. We always want to have that control factor. And not knowing something bothers us, and it bothers anybody. I mean, not everybody loves surprises, and definitely not everybody wants to wonder whether whether God's really answering them or doing something in, the, in their life. I think this is the time where I've really got to see a lot of things happen in my life, good and bad, hardships and happiness and struggles and not struggles, you know, all the pieces that had to happen for me to be where he needed me to be, to be ready for a time as it is right now. I mean, I don't have the church yet and it's not like I can't see fully what it's going to be like but the fact that he has provided and 
no matter what what kind of providing you want to talk about. He's provided money. He's provided care. He's provided food. He's provided friendships for a time. And then he's even provided opportunities. And he's given me opportunities. Sometimes, even though, like, my last job was not what I expected. And the outcome was definitely the least what I wanted, what I expected it to be. I learned that I needed to go through it to better me for him, to better me for my wife, and to better me for my future. You know, I had plans when I took that job, you know, I was going to be a youth pastor as long as he wanted me to be, and he chose three years. In those three years, I went from wanting to be a youth pastor for 10 years to suddenly asking him, should I be a senior pastor at some point, be a pastor over a church? Now, I didn't understand what that meant, you know, because that could be many different definitions. I mean, you could talk about it as becoming a so-called seminary pastor who went through seminary and got my master's in seminary, and in the world's perspective of church, I would be considered a pastor. But in this case, what God has done is he's taken someone who doesn't have a seminary degree, who doesn't have a doctorate, and he is asking him to become a pastor of a church that he has to make from scratch. Trusting him in every aspect, and he's providing. I don't know what's what lies ahead that he has freed me from having to work for at least a time. I mean, maybe if the foundation were to go under or something that I would have to get paid by the church at some point but maybe God will bless this foundation and I'll be there for the rest of my time as a pastor which would be awesome the thing is that what I think is really neat is when we take a step back and look back on the hardships and the trials and the and the times where it just felt dark to see God prevail through it and show himself through it. And even though during the time it may not be as visual as we had longed or hoped for, it may not be as amazing as we were hoping would be, God still opened up the door, still showed himself very true, and really provided opportunities that I have to say are pretty amazing, but also to kind of mold me better into what I need to be for this moment. And I've seen a lot of things and I've seen a lot of different forms of leadership, different forms of people. And the one thing that always bugged me about my experience is I never got the normal experience. But now I'm starting to understand why he didn't want me to have the normal experience because I really think he's doing something different for the futures of churches. I think there's going to be a lot of sprouts of new churches getting built from the bottom up that aren't going to be connected to another church, that aren't going to be connected to a denomination. What they're going to be is they're going to be their own church. Because they are starting to recognize the what what Satan has stolen from it. They're going to recognize the needs that people are really needing. They're going to be unique in their own design because 
they're supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like my goal for this church isn't to be a typical, hey, Sunday morning, I'll be preaching, we'll do worship, it will be together, and then you guys can go home. I don't want it to be that. Church is about training and worshiping God. You know, and I want to train and I want there to be Sunday school class and I want and I rather call it Christian education classes because that's what's really needed. And, you know, learning the stories and learn, understanding the stories a bit. Teaching our kids to grow up with understanding of the scriptures and understanding of the stories. I mean, that's, that's a goal. And being able to see parents be able to teach those kids and be at home and understand the importance of their unit as a whole. Whether they're a single parent or whether they're married. I want it to be biblically based, not compromising, not trying to fit in with the rest of the culture. The idea of the church is not supposed to be loved and liked by everybody, but it should impact everybody that it touches. It should make a difference. The church should be out there doing stuff for people, not just putting money into the bank account. So one of the things I really want to see in our church is to see a church that... On Sunday morning, we pick a Sunday where we go and decide, hey, where can we serve the city today? We'll have potluck together for lunch, but we got to figure out what are we going to do? How are we going to serve? Are we going to rake leaves? Are we going to shovel snow? Are we going to do a car wash? Are we going to fix a fence, build a barn, move hay, help our lady clean up her house? fix up the fix up pieces in the house walls whatever it needs to be done do her roof for her ways for us to be able to serve together as a church not serve where only a few people do it that, that's the difference i want we should be a community a church community that is impactive in our community as a church not a few people in the church doing impactive things but at the same time, we still need the training. We still need to have a, a pastor who's speaking truth and and teaching truth and talking about application and how we're supposed to act and be to confront sin. I mean, that's a big deal today is that not a lot of pastors are talking about sin, let alone confronting it as an issue. Biblically speaking, we have compromised a lot of our truth because we don't want to offend people well unfortunately to people they're going to be offended by truth because they don't want to be told an absolute that takes away their freedom to do whatever they want when instead if they accepted christ they can gain the freedom to do what they want because they're doing it for christ see there's a lot of things that have been distorted and twisted So I'm actually really excited about how this is going to happen. I even have a, one, at least one family I know of that wants to come and help with us. I mean, it's going to be a year before they can come. But my next prayer is that I'm hoping to find other members, the people at this town I want to do it at, which I think I've said is in Montrose. But I believe that God has people there who have been praying about a new church that would be different. And I want to find those people. So that's something I, you know, if you're listening, you can pray about. 
But see, the cool thing is about all of this is that God already has this all planned out. He already has those people planned out. He has the future of the church already planned out. He has every piece planned out. And that's what I want to get to you guys to understand for yourselves. God has your life planned out. He has things for you that he wants you to do. He has changes he wants to change in you, but you have to be willing to change. I want you to think about that as we go to a commercial. So after a few moments, you know, through the commercial, you know, I hope you've been thinking about that question I asked. You see, the thing is, I think we have made God into this kind of plan organized system. You know, we use it like, like we use our phones or our computers where everything is basically put together. Like, like it just makes sense. And we kind of forget that faith and trusting in him is about things that we may not understand. You see, God has and will always put you through times for you to grow. He will allow things to happen for you to grow. Sometimes you will lose things to grow. Losing my dog was probably one of the hardest things because he was like my baby and I loved him very much and watching him die from cancer was not easy. Watching what my wife had to go through for a year was not easy. And even now with, you know, some health things that are going on, it's hard because we we want to believe and we believe that God is, you know, has a plan. He's going to help us through this. Like, the, the, like we're going through this not because there's no solution. We're going through this because there is a solution. And Satan doesn't like that. So that's, that's the one thing you got to understand. You know, I always tell people a church that is not under attack by Satan, or at least you don't see Satan trying to destroy or disrupt it, most likely is not doing anything that Satan is worried about. You see, Satan doesn't need to spend his time breaking a church that's already broken or it has, it's not going anywhere. It's wasting time. And I really think that's what God's trying to do, especially with 2020 and even 2021 now. He's trying to awaken churches and he's trying to build churches and he's building them with a different perspective. But it has to start with all of us guys, you know, us, us leading our homes right. We should learn how to be better men of God. We should learn how to love God first. We should learn how to love God first so we can love our wife right. We can love our kids right. We can love those around us right. You see, our culture is trying to break that because our culture is being led by Satan and his cohorts. That's just how it works. That's the design behind it. That's the purpose for it. If he can destroy individuals, then he can destroy the church as a whole. He doesn't need he doesn't need to break the big part of the church. He doesn't have to destroy the church itself. He just needs to go after individuals to break them. Because if he could break them, that will break the church. 
That's why he goes after the pastors. That's why he goes after the weak families that are, are still trying to figure things out. Because if he can keep them from figuring things out, they will not have the desire to chase after him. They will not desire to chase after God at all. Because look at God can't help you. He can't fulfill things that you want. You see, that's the other point. We keep treating God like a genie or a, what do you call him? A snack machine where we put our coins in and we pray about it and we say, this is what we want, Lord, and then God will provide. That's that's not how it works. You see, if God gave us everything that we wanted, we would have a very empty life. You know, like you guys who have this perfect girl in your head and you find the most beautiful woman you've ever met in your life and you're like, I want her. And God's going to be like, well, well, why do you want her? Well, I want her. She's hot. And God's going to be like, but that's not who I have for you. And you're like, no, I want her. So he gives you her. Do you think that's going to be better because she's hot? You see, the thing is, when we start asking God what he wants for us, he's going to provide the best that you need. The best. Not second best. Not compromisable. It doesn't mean that none of you guys are going to meet an absolutely gorgeous woman and she turns out to be everything you need. But the thing is, if you ask God for the type of woman that you need, she's going to be the most beautiful woman that you're ever going to meet because she fits everything that you need. You know, starting a church, I'm glad I have the partner that I have. She doesn't see herself as the strong woman, but she's stronger than she realizes. She doesn't see herself as like a pastor's wife that can make a difference in people's lives, but I've seen her do it numerous times and she just doesn't see it yet. But that's because I think this next journey is going to open her up even more and she's going to see God in a different way and she's going to see herself in a different way. You see, God needs us to go through things for us to grow. God needs us men to want to step up and lead. He needs us to be willing to chase after the, the the plan and ideal of what a man of God should be. And if you're not doing that, then you're not really asking him. You've, you've actually been lying to yourself and you've been lying to him because you keep saying, I want to be a man of God, but I don't want to change anything. I want to be a man of God, but you know, I still want to be able to look at women the way I want to look at them. I want to be a man of God, but you know, I still like getting drunk because it, it, it makes me have control. I want to be a man of God, but I want to keep all my hobbies, and that includes pornography. You see, that's not giving up God. That's not giving all it to God. That's not asking God to become a man. That's asking God to keep your secularism alive in you while he's trying to work in you to be a godly man. No, it doesn't work. You can't expect God to to bless you when you want to keep controlling everything and keep control of every aspect of your life so that you don't give it up. Can't ask God to do amazing things for your family if you're not even trying to lead them. Can't ask God to help you with your business if you're not willing to figure out how to fix or work with your business. You can't help can't ask God to show you new things about yourself when you're not willing to change. You see, there's there's always something you have to, to be honest, you have to give up. And that, a lot of it is pride and control. It all comes down to pride and control. So are you willing 
to give up your pride and control to allow God to show you the plans he has for you to give you his best because I can tell you this it's a different road you're going to jump on once you do it even sometimes the other thing I, I also try to deal with is people who do good things who are doing good things maybe even someone who even think you know I'm a good speaker so I should be a pastor but they've never asked God if they are called to be it they never ask God really anything that they should be doing. So they, they are doing good stuff, but it's not necessarily what God wants them to be doing with it. Yeah, but I'm a doctor, and I'm I'm, I'm an excellent doctor, and I make changes in people's lives in my medical field. Yes, but did you ever ask God if this is where you he wants you to be? Because maybe he doesn't need you in the giant city in Chicago, but needs you to move to a small town in Kansas. Because there you make a huge impact. You know, we see a lot of stories and read a lot of stories, you know, especially like in Hallmark, where the big, big shot doctor ends up having something tragic happen to him and so ends up moving to a small town where he discovers himself. And that's discovery to me <laughs> is basically... It's basically, if, if you had asked God in the first place, would have put you there in the first place, and you would have been happy in the first place. Now, I'm not saying God's going to bring happiness to your life all the time, because sometimes we have tragedy and things do happen, and we do have bad things that happen. It's not based on our faith or not. It's just part of life. We live in a sinful culture. We live in a sinful world. There's sin nature everywhere. So, you know, illnesses and, and death does happen. Um, poverty and poorness does happen. It doesn't mean if you're poor that you didn't do something right. That's why you're not, that you're poor. But I will say sometimes it is your choices that have put you in those places. Sometimes our choices do put put ourselves in this situation. If you were a drug addict for six years, now you have illnesses because of drugs. It's because of a choice you made. Okay. You know if you were sleeping around with other women and now you have AIDS it's not because you weren't faithful to God, technically it is but it's because you made a choice and you did it because you weren't faithful to God so there's to me there are still consequences for actions but it doesn't mean that you being in a family that's poor is because your parents made a bad choice, sometimes you got your life life had bad apples for you, for your parents and they got stuck in poverty doesn't mean you're stuck in it. doesn't mean you have to be. But that's the idea, is that you have to understand. There's a difference between reality of things that happen through consequences than choices that you could have made that could have been better for you and your family for the future. That's why it's so important to chase after God, because even in our poorness, even in our poorness, God will provide ultimately at the end. He will provide just like the money that we got. It's amazing. 
you know, it's, I'm, I'm not looking to be rich, but at least now I know I don't have to go and try to find a full-time job that I spent months trying to do because I kept asking and asking, like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he kept telling me, stop worrying and just focus on enjoying the, the holidays. And I said, but Lord, I need money to start this. You know, you, you, I keep feeling like you want to start it this next spring or something. And he's like, stop worrying. And there, look, I don't have to worry because he provided. And that's what I'm trying to say. You know, God may not do the same way he's done for me, but some people have gifts. Like my friend who started his own church six years ago owns his own music store, but he loves music. He loves teaching it. He loves doing it. He likes selling instruments. So God blessed him with a store that he can do it. And I think God's going to continue to bless him for that. You know, and I have another friend who is working on another project and he's hoping that will become big but God ha- you know hasn't happened yet but God has also provided him and his wife to be able to um, tutor online I mean t- 2020 really helped that a lot so that's what they've started so God can provide things that you've probably never thought of that actually is good for you because now he's home with his wife and kids more often because I mean well he was before but he, him and his wife have a job together that they can work together with and still homeschool their kids and they get to be with each other you know and that's great I actually like that not all people like that but I do I rather be at home with my family than always gone all the time though in church life that's that's an up and down but I, I'm hoping to change church life so that it's not so more stressful for the senior pastor to do everything because the church is designed for everybody to be involved in everything you know I, you know my goal is to be the visionary and trainer and teacher and pastor and preacher and counselor I don't mind all that I don't mind meeting people I love talking with people and hearing their stories but I'm excited about this I just don't want it to be like a typical church it should not when people come in I don't want it to just feel like a typical church I want it to be that people are different and they're wanting to be doing because that's the thing is I want doers and that's what all the Christians are supposed to be is doers not sitters I think we have too many people like to sit around you know even I struggle with that too so I want to encourage you guys today you know in this real talk I want you guys to really think about taking a moment this this week and really truly asking God to reveal I mean it's still January it's beginning of 2021 is an opportunity to be able to seek out God's provision and plan for you. But all it takes is for you to give up your pride and power, to stop trying to figure out everything and just letting God go, you know, letting it to him. You know, Lord, hey, you know, I, I don't know what college I'm supposed to do. Lord, I don't know if I'm in the right job I'm supposed to be. Lord, I don't like if you don't know, then ask him. People just don't ask. He even says, ask and I will basically answer you. It may not be with a yes. It may not be with a no. And it may, it may, may be with a not yet. You don't know unless you ask. So this week, I want you guys <clears throat> to seek out any opportunity to find a quiet place for yourself. I want you guys to maybe read your favorite scriptures. I personally like to go to the Psalms. And just just have a conversation with God because you know David is really vocal about his uh, his life in the Psalms, and you learn a lot about the way he thought. And you remember he was a man after after God's heart. You don't chase him after him. 
and just ask. Ask God to reveal this week. Even if, it, like you, t- tonight, you were to say, Lord, you know, I really would like to know direction in my life, in my job, you know, my future. Can you, can you answer me? Can you show me something? Direct me somehow. And he will do it. It may not be in the moment. It may not be 24 hours. It may not be for a week. But be mindful that God's not designed for time specifically based on what we think. I think we spend too much time <coughs> trying to put a date and a time when God has to answer. And if he doesn't answer, then man, he did, he doesn't care about me. And that's not how it works. Because uh, 2019 into 2020, I told God by October 31st into November 1st, I want you to provide the job that whatever I apply to, I would apply it during that week or so. And you will show me that is this one. And you know what he did when he responded to me? He asked me for extra time. And, I, and the reason it was funny, because I think I've said this before, I was playing Madden 21, and, he's, and I was in overtime in the game, and he said, give me overtime. That's what he said, give me overtime. And I said, what does that mean? He said, just give me overtime. He's like, enjoy your holidays, give me overtime. And then the next year came, and then suddenly we're out of COVID rules, we can't hardly do anything, jobs are shutting down, you know, there's a few jobs I was excited about, and they got shut down because of COVID, and now I'm sitting here, you know, after five months waiting, and we ended up coming back to Colorado because we were out in Maryland, and this is overtime, and I'm actually excited, and I have no worry because God's provided something that I was not expecting to be that way because, you know, you're supposed to work. But if he's providing money so that I don't have to get a full-time job means that I'm going to be working. <laughs> means I'm going to be doing stuff. There's going to be things going on and I'm going to be used. So I'm excited because I have the freedom to do it because I think one of the most important things is every ministry staff member in your church should not be a part-time member. They should be full-time because it is a lot of work dealing with people at any time. And if you have a nine-to-five job, you, you can't fit people very well and still take care of your family. And that's very important. It's one of the most important things in, in the ministry is make sure that you have time for your family as well as you have time for the church family because you need to have that time. And anybody who keeps saying, oh, pastors shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be uh, paid full-time, that's boulder dash. The stuff that they need to be doing, they need to have that freedom. So I'm asking you guys this week, challenge yourself. Seek God out. Ask him questions about your life. Cares about it all. Whether it's your love life, school, work choices of a car he doesn't care invite him to be a part of it because he will answer in his time and he will bless you for asking him and honor you for honoring him it's an honor when you invite him to be a part of your life that way so i pray real quick lord i just pray that you work in these men today that you allow this real talk to be real with them 
ask of any guy right now is just trying to figure out whether you are trying to tell them something, give them a straight answer so they can just get a direction and, and, and see you speaking to them. I think a lot of times we, we want the answer to be the answer we want, but Lord, you know, we need to be open to you because your answer may not be the answer we want, but it may be the answer we need. So I ask that you help any of the men today that are listening, even women if they're listening, that you would reveal to them a partial of their plan, if anything, or give them direction for the plan that you have for them. But they have to have a willing heart, Lord. Open these men and women's heart that they may know and seek you and see you doing something in their life. But Lord, move them to open their heart. I ask that you bless anybody who's listening today or tomorrow, whenever they get to hear this, that they will recognize the need to ask you, ask you for direction, ask you for the plan. Be open to that because you will do amazing things, even if it takes years. Because like, you know, guys, if you're still listening, you know, this is 10 years. I've been married almost 10 years this year. And that was the one thing, you know, we prayed about what you know church and ministry what are you going to do it's 10 years in the making and it's been a rough road but god put us through it challenged us showed us prepared us built us and that's what i'm asking the lord to do for you guys so i need you guys to be willing so lord i ask you move these men that are listening that they be transformed today that they will not walk in this narrow path that they have created, but they walk in the narrow path that you have created. I thank you, Lord, for all that you do, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.